What's at stake for the Atlanta Falcons in the future? I'm Aaron Freeman, host of Locked On Falcons, and today I'll be joined by Jeff Schultz of The Athletic to talk about that subject. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalcFans.com. RIP, still going strong on Twitter, at FalcFans. And, of course, the host of this world-renowned Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I want to thank everybody that makes Locked On Falcons their first listen each and every day. Of course, Locked On Falcons is free and available on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple Odyssey, Google and Spotify. And today's episode, I am joined by Jeff Schultz of The Athletic, a frequent guest on this podcast. We seem to have Jeff on every two to three months. We most recently had him on at the beginning of November when the Falcons were coming off an impressive week nine win over the New Orleans Saints. We had him on before the season uh, to give his impressions on the upcoming season uh, you know, at that point. And so now we're having him on after the season to sort of give his impressions on how this Falcons 2021 season went and also talk about the salary cap, which I know Jeff is so fond of talking about when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons, as we often do on this podcast. But Jeff, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Aaron. It's always fun. I like the new video intro too. You've got all the like graphics going on now. You've, you're really kind of moving up. I, I am. I am. I appreciate that, Jeff. Uh, let's jump into the conversation surrounding the Falcons uh, 2021 season. Uh, and uh, when we had you last on, the Falcons were coming off what was arguably one of their more impressive wins of the season uh, against that New Orleans Saints team on the road. And at that point, they were four and four. They had won like four out of the last six games. So things were were pointing up for the team at that point in time. Uh, They kind of hit the skids immediately following that. We won't uh, blame you, Jeff, for, you know, uh, poisoning the well uh, in in that regard. But uh, the the Falcons, you know, struggled coming out of that Dallas game and that New England game and then finished the season seven and ten. So you hear a lot of people talk about, you know, the seven and ten finish being fairly impressive. Uh, given some of the circumstances that the team had to deal with, given some question marks about the team's overall talent level. I don't necessarily prescribe to that. I think, you know, 7-10 and 10 was a fine finish for this team, but not overly impressed by it. But I'm curious where you sort of fall on uh, that sort of spectrum. Do, were you impressed by this team's uh, performance this year, or was it just, you know, middle-of-the-road type of thing for you? Yeah, uh yeah, and you know, obviously, I've been asked that question a lot: Is seven and ten good? Is it a disappointment? Um, and, and generally, I've said I thought it was good. That and and I've I've kind of tried to wrap that in the context of I think Arthur Smith did a good job, and and I think Terry Fontenot on the whole did a good job bringing in um, low budget players that they could compete with. I'm trying. The more I've thought about it, since you're asking me again, I. I maybe like you, I'm trying not to put it in the context of numbers, how many wins, even though it obviously comes down to that. And we can say, boy, seven and 10 is great. But, you know, the flip side is they were minus 146 in point differential in the NFC, which is the second worst on the conference. Um, You could read that different ways. Okay. Well, boy, maybe they, maybe they are got lucky because they won some close games Um, or um, guess what? Maybe they, 
they were good because they showed they could win close games. I mean, you could you could argue these things, you know, a hundred different ways. Um, I believe on the whole, uh, they got better as the season went on. Um, I, I believe that Arthur Smith and the coaching staff did a good job bringing a lot of sort of this island of misfit toys together to some degree to play hard. I, I think they um, tried to establish an identity about what they wanted to be on both sides of the ball. Um, I think they improved in certain areas. I think clearly they have deficiencies in certain areas. But on the whole, if you're asking me, you know, how you grade them, I, I guess I grade them, I don't know, a, a B maybe. Um, um, I, and again, I'm trying not to get wrapped up in they won seven games, they lost 10 games, because I think there's just so many nuances and things that flip things in terms of, I mean, next year's schedule, I I don't have it in front of me, but I believe it's a lot harder. Um they're going to have to improve significantly. Um, but then you see, and I'm sure we'll talk about the division, you know, what's going on there. But on the whole, long-winded answer, <laughs> I think they do well. <laughs> so let's talk about next year. Yeah. Uh, their schedule does get considerably harder. They're facing the AFC North. They're facing the NFC West. They have the Chargers on the schedule. They have Washington on their schedule, Chicago. So I'm sure people are looking forward to that Justin Fields matchup. Uh, and of course, they're facing uh, the NFC South, uh, which seems to have taken a little bit of a step back uh, in recent days uh, with the announcement that Sean Payton is stepping away from the Saints. I don't necessarily feel confident calling it retirement, uh, but, uh, you know, we did get a retirement officially now from Tom Brady on Tuesday morning. Uh, after sort of news broke late last week that he was retiring and he tried to put, uh, you know, whatever b- back into the, you know, the can or whatever the case may be uh, to retire on his own terms. But uh, with, you know, two of the teams that finished above the Falcons losing some key parts of their roster, you know, a lot of the talk over the last couple of days has been, you know, this NFC South division is wide open, which is probably true. Uh, and And now the Falcons are potentially poised given that, you know, they have, probably less coaching question marks than some teams in a division, as well as uh, a bona fide quarterback that the Falcons are sort of positioned that they could potentially uh, make a run at this NFC South crown. I know you've been on the podcast several times, the last several times you've been on over the last year, sort of implying that you feel like the team is, you know, with the hiring of Arthur Smith at the beginning of a multi-year rebuild, but does some of these recent moves in the NFC South sort of change the timeline and should the Falcons sort of, you know, seize the day as they say, and and try to make a run of it in 2022? Well, those are two separate questions, right? I mean, you know, the fact that the Saints um, not only lost Drew Brees a year ago, but that lost to me the more even the more valuable person to some degree, which is Sean Payton, which was was did an unbelievable coaching job during his tenure there. Um, and now I see the Bucks losing Tom Brady. Obviously, those teams are lesser. There's, that's not even a debate. But it doesn't make the Falcons better. Okay, the Falcons are still the Falcons. So on one hand, you could say. They are certainly, suddenly, potentially contenders for the NFC South title. Okay, that's not stretching things. I mean, let's be real. Right now, things are going to change. But as we look at rosters and the situation right now with coaching staffs and quarterbacks and whatever, nine and eight might win the division, right? So is it is it 
is it would it be obscene to suggest that the Falcons could win nine games next year? No, not at all. Particularly if you win games inside your division, you could lose a lot of those non-division games that you referenced earlier, and you could still win the division. But to the second part of the, your 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 second question of boy, is this now? Are they in this you know quote unquote magical window? Do they go for it now? I mean, as I would define going for it, I mean that would be like. Oh, now you go out and you get the big bucks free agent, okay, to, for that missing piece. Well, they can't do that because they, they are still in this sort of salary cap um, um, handcuffs, so, so to speak, and will be for at least another year. Um, and even if they make extreme moves, um, it's it still would not loosen up so much space that you would go out and get a this massive free agent. Um, and, uh, the second part of it, you know, in terms of the going forward, you do what the Rams did obviously for the last year or two, which is you just keep trading all your draft picks and you bring in these, these, these veteran pieces, hoping to get one more magical year out of them to make it back to the Super Bowl, which they did. It has paid off. Um, but the Falcons certainly are not in that mode. Um, they are not in the mode of, um, being in Los Angeles, relatively new again, um, trying to sell their fan base in a big city and a highly competitive um, sports market. Um, they were, the Rams were a team that was, that was viewed as being sort of there, right there on the cusp. They needed something to get them over the push. Um, they were, they had stability in the front office, stability in the coaching staff, and they were in the mode of let's go for it. The Falcons are not in that mode. They can't, I mean, the Falcons, particularly because of their salary cap situation, can't afford to trade their draft picks because those are low salary players, lower salary players. And so um, I, I would I would certainly say that they are suddenly in the picture, in the hunt in the NFC South. And I say this as we're taping this before both free agency and the draft. So check back to me, circle back to me after those two things. But they are certainly in the hunt for the NFC South as we sit here today. Um, but I think that's as far as we can really go right now. And, and I think, yeah, I mean, I think if you're a Falcons fan, you're like, good, Tom Brady retired. Good. Sean Payton doesn't know what he's going to do next, but we know he's not going to be on the sideline. Um, Tom Brady, I looked it up today and I texted it to you. He, he went nine and zero against the Falcons in, in regular season, regular season games. Um, and I don't know what Sean Payton's record was against the Falcons offhand, but I know it was really good. Um, and then you got Carolina, which is a mess. Okay. Uh, and they fired Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator last year. I, I, I believe the real problem is north of Joe Brady in that organization. We don't know what's going on there. And, and so the Panthers are a mess. And so, I, I mean, if, if I had to say today, right now, the Bucks probably still are the best team in the division. Um, I still think they have some pretty good pieces there on defense and they got a couple of players on offense. But obviously, they got a lot of questions there, particularly a quarterback. And I'm mean, interested to see what they are going to do and what the Saints are going to do at quarterback and if they can do anything. Okay. Well, uh, we will talk a little bit more about the Falcons' salary cap situation uh, coming up, talking about four particular players that their futures may be a little bit in doubt. And uh, that includes Calvin Ridley, Grady Jarrett, Deion Jones, and of course, Matt Ryan. And we'll get Jeff's thoughts on all of those players coming up. Uh, but before we get there, guys, I know that the football season is dwindling down, but that doesn't mean that Bet Online still is giving you all the best odds and info 
for this playoff season from scores, totals, to player performance props, to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Uh, they have futures bets as well. We just passed the one-year anniversary where the Rams made that Stafford trade, uh, and we're less than a week away from the one-year anniversary where I put in a bet on the Rams to win this upcoming Super Bowl where they are four-point favorites against the Cincinnati Bengals. But it's not just football, betonline.net, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Coverage is the best in the business. From sports all the way to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. So we are continuing today's conversation with Jeff Schultz of The Athletic, and I want to get into Jeff's thoughts on some of these players that have some question marks uh, surrounding them going into the offseason. Uh, and, you know, let's start off with Calvin Ridley. He's been a player that there's been a lot of recent speculation that, you know, he may uh, and the Falcons may be headed uh, their separate ways after he, um, you know, took a break from football during the middle of this past season to deal with his mental health. And again, the last time we, we chatted with Jeff, that was sort of fresh in our minds. And then we didn't have any information about that. It seems like we still don't have much information on that. Uh, I guess, Jeff, you know, where are your thoughts where with this Calvin Ridley situation as they stand currently? Yeah, I think you just said it. We didn't know anything more today other than we did last time we spoke about it, other than it's the end of the season. And and now the Falcons, um, I guess, potentially have some options now that they didn't have during the season. Uh, I, I would say the first part of it is where's Cal, Calvin's health at? Um, is he okay? Is he ready to play? Is he ready to come back? Um, if we if he's not ready to come back, then th- there's nothing to do really because you can't you can't really move on from him um, or trade him. You could, but Theoretically, another team, if they're not convinced Calvin's going to be okay to play, nobody's going to give you, let's say, a second-round draft pick for him or something. Um, and I'm just throwing out second-round draft pick, by the way. If Calvin is Calvin Ridley is ready to play and, and um, potential teams that you could trade with are convinced he's ready to play, um, I am of the feeling the Falcons will trade him. Um, and it's not so much that Calvin really, again, this is where it gets back to some Matt Ryan arguments. Every time you get into the Matt Ryan argument, it's like, why do you want to trade him? He can still play. Calvin really is a great player. And, and, and I believe he's elite or close to elite level receiver. He certainly can be if he, if he keeps ascending as he did from a year ago. And, um, I, and I think a lot of teams would want him. I think the issues, the issue related to Calvin Ridley is that he will be up for a new contract very soon. Um, and the Falcons have to decide whether in their position they have more important needs than a wide receiver. Um, I, I believe that uh, uh, Arthur Smith in his offense loves power running game, loves tight ends. Um, I don't, I don't want to say he doesn't value wide receivers because I'm sure he does. But I think in the scheme of things, him and Terry Fontenot, and I'm just, it's just, I'm speculating on this right now. Okay, um, I want to make that clear um, that he and General Manager Terry Fontenot both, both both might look at things and say, okay, do we really want to spend a lot of money on a wide receiver? 
again, this is assuming everything is equal and Calvin Ridley is ready to play because we have all these other issues on, on the roster um, and even on the offensive side of the ball, um, whether it's quarterback, running back, um, offensive line, obviously. So um, I believe that they would seriously consider trading him and um, – and yeah, I think they would take a they would take a good draft pick for him. They're not going to give him away, obviously. You don't have to trade him, but I think a lot of it beyond Calvin's health, a lot of this decision sort of spins around where they whether they are economically and where you are approaching his. I believe this is the last year of his contract, is it not? What is next year? Mm-hmm. I believe it would be. So, um, and his cap figure for 2022, if he plays, is about 11 million, which is not ridiculous. But again, this is the time. This is the time on the the contractual timeline where you generally redo a deal. Yeah. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Talk about another player that is interesting. Oh, I thought you were going to come back at me a little bit on this one. No, You're not no, no, I, I don't. There's not a whole lot to say about Cal Ridley. <laughs> okay. You know, every, I get asked it all the time on the the podcast. Like, what, what do we do with Calvin Ridley? Like, I, I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Yeah. When we get some more information, we can make a more definitive answer to that. But like right now, it's just kind of like, we'll see. Yeah. And you, and you know, the unfortunate thing, I'll just have this and we can move on. The unfortunate thing is it's not like the Falcons are going to come. I don't think the Falcons are going to come out and make a statement and say, Calvin Ridley's great now. He's healthy. Okay. I think we're going to find out everything all at once. Like Calvin Ridley's been traded. <laughs> And then we're going to find out he's okay. He can play. You know what I mean? I don't think they're going to allow that time lapse unless they, they've decided to keep him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, it doesn't behoove them to say, okay, he's ready to play now and then have a month go by and he's traded. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, I just don't have okay. any, you know, this is the one time I don't have a very profound take on, on, on okay, it. I'm going to write down this date, February 1st. <laughs> <laughs> really uh, but you, you you talk about sort of Calvin Ridley's contract, you know, you know, being part of the equation, I guess you could say, uh, if they don't want to necessarily fork up the big bucks for him, you know, that's a similar situation that the Falcons find for one of their top defensive players. And, and that's Gray Jarrett. Right. Uh, you know, he's entering a contract here. Uh, you know, basically it seems like from my perspective, if you're not, uh, of the mindset that you want to extend him and, and that amount that you're probably going to have to extend him given what the market is today for that D tackle position is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you kind of then feel compelled to maybe have to trade him, but at the same time, I don't think you want to go into moving backwards from, you know, the defense where you're already dealing with a lot of issues up front uh, so I guess where are your thoughts on with the Grady Jarrett situation? Um, do you have a sort of a gut feeling on how that gets resolved? My gut feeling um, is he's not going anywhere. Um, there might be, <laughs> I am, I'm hoping my gut feeling isn't compromised a little bit by hoping it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, but I think I could be, I, I think I could be objective about this. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere because I believe the organization and the coaching staff to so highly value him that they know they know letting him go or trading him would be the wrong thing to do. I, I think that's really what it comes down to. So now what we're really talking about, and they need him. And, and because unlike Calvin Ridley, again, not a criticism of Calvin Ridley, but unlike Calvin Ridley, Grady Jarrett is an absolute building block that you 
can build around here for these next five years or whatever. Um, and he plays an important position and um, he, he is everything you want um, for a pro athlete on the field, off the field, leadership, the way he represents himself, the way he represents the organization, the way he represents the league. Um, and he's from here. I mean, he's from the state. What more could you possibly want if you're the Falcons? And so um, what it really comes down to now is economics, right? So he has a year left. Um, this again, like you said, this is the year that you would give him the new contract. I think, and he's got a very, very, um, very tough agent, um, very good agent here in Atlanta, but a, a difficult agent. So I, I'm sus- suspect, I suspect that what's going to happen, and if not, it's happening right now, probably, because I'm sure they've had talks for a while, is that um, they will try to reach a long-term deal with Grady Jarrett. And if they can't reach a long-term deal with Grady Jarrett, they will simply have him play. This is again, pure speculation. They will just have him play on his contract this year. And then as we approach next year, if they can't, they can't um, reach a long-term deal, they'll franchise him. I, I mean, you, cause that'll give you, that will create options now. Okay. Now it gives you, it, it buys you more time to do, to do a long-term deal. Um, if things start to get nasty for whatever reason, you could always trade him next year. Um, as much as the timeline suggests this is when you do the deal, and this is ideally when they would want to do the deal, you don't have to do the deal right now. Um, and so I, I, I would be surprised if Grady Jarrett was not on the roster and playing in 2022. Um, I do think there's a possibility that we might be having the same conversation a year from today if I'm on your podcast on February 1st, 2023, because um, – it's going to be, it's going to be a difficult contract. Um, it will be. So that's my, that's my take. Okay. I, I, I'm of a similar mindset. I just feel it, it does. If, if I do have a take on this, uh, if you're asking me what I think is going to happen, I think they'll just kind of punt the decision until next year. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Grady Jarrett's immediate value on defense is just too valuable that even if you do wind up getting a first round pick similar to what, what San Francisco got when they traded DeForest Buckner to the Colts a year or two ago, um, you know, that player is almost certainly not going to have the same level of impact on your football team uh, in 2022, at least uh, as Grady Jarrett would potentially have. And so you just kind of just figure it out. You know, I think that's just kind of the general mantra that this organization is at in, in their timeline. Um, and uh, we'll see if they're got things figured out for a couple of other players, including Deion Jones and Matt Ryan, as we continue today's episode here with Jeff Schultz of uh, The Athletic. Uh, but before we get there, guys, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Falcons your first listen each and every day. And of course, Lockdown Falcons free and available on a variety of podcast platforms, as well as free and available on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Falcons YouTube channel. And when you do, make sure you also subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast. Uh, that is also free and available on YouTube and check out what's going on with my cousin, Freddie on locked on Braves. Uh, and I'm sure Jeff also has some insights on what's going on with the Braves this off season on the But before we get into that, uh, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, new year's resolutions and trying to get fit and stay fit. And that 
can be hard because, you know, eating healthy is not particularly a fun prospect. But Built Bar uh, is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, even better than candy bar. And it makes eating healthier, easier and funner uh, because if it tastes good, uh, you want to eat it. Uh, and even if you're not necessarily a huge fan of working out, at least you can eat something that tastes good and is good for you because Built Bars are low in sugar, low in calories, low in carbs, but high in protein and fiber. They have great flavors like the white chocolate cookies and cream now available as well as uh, a plethora of other flavors. And you can check them all out at built.com. And when you do use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. So Jeff uh, got two more players. I want to talk to you about and, and what their futures are. Um, this one player seems to be, I guess, less questioned about, whether or not he's going to be back in Atlanta, and that's Deion Jones. It seems like a lot of people uh, seem to be of the mindset that given his high cap cap hit, his disappointing 2021 season, that, you know, if of all these players that have these sort of open question marks, he would probably be the player of this group that the Falcons would feel potentially better about moving on via a trade. Where do you sort of see Deion Jones' future here in Atlanta? Well, this is the the thing about Deion Jones is we've been asking this question really the last two, three years, right? Um, because he was never really, and he's not a bad player. Okay. I, I don't want to suggest he's a bad player. And I don't, I don't know that he had a bad season in 2021 either. I just, I think a lot of people look at the money he's making and say, he's not that player. <laughs> Okay, I think if he wasn't making that money, I don't think people would looking be looking at Deion Jones with the same critical eye. I think he's an okay player who who occasionally makes good plays. I think, but he, I, I think, I think he, um, for a guy of his seeming athletic ability, um, I don't think he has improved to the level he should have improved. We all projected he would improve at from those first couple of years that got him that contract. Um, and I'm not so sure that he developed into, I know for a fact, um, at least from a previous regime that he didn't develop into the leader that, that maybe they projected that he would develop into when they gave him that contract. Cause when you give a contract like that, you're basically saying you're one of our building blocks and you're one of the guys we're going to build around. And we need you to, we need you to, to lead guys, lead the young players, lead us through tough times. And he wasn't that guy. And, and. So, okay, so now we fast forward to here we are in 2022. What do you do? Again, he's not a bad player, but he makes a lot of money. You could theoretically trade him um, before the draft and get a pick for him. His hit right now, they're getting too deep into the woods. It's around $20 million. Um, You trade him, you basically cut that in half, okay? So you don't have to worry about his, his base salary in 2022, but you're still – paying about 10 million and change in, in, in a dead money hit you're going to carry. This is on top of the, I think they are carrying 15 million in dead money in under for Julio Jones. So it's a big hit, but it's, it's, it's a $10 million savings is the way a lot of front office people look at it. Um, I would, I would say if you can get a good draft pick for him, however they define that they will trade him, but I don't think it's a sure thing. Uh, and the reason I say it's not a sure thing is, is you can basically get out of the contract for you know very little after the 2022 season. He's not necessarily a player that hurts you per se right now. He's a decent player. 
And it's not like they have so many great players, <laughs> right? That boy, we're only going to be playing this guy because of the money he makes. Well, that's not the case. Okay. So I think, I think there is a chance that they do keep him just based on the roster. But again, some of that might be based, this decision might be based on what else do they have planned? Who do they have planned to bring in here in free agency? Who are they planning to draft? Um, and, and you know, the whole thing between edge rushers, outside linebackers, they're basically the same guys right now. What's the ripple effect from that? Um, what are they looking at scheme-wise next year? They're just going to try to continue what they did this year. They're going to try to change things up a little bit. So I don't think it's a sure thing he's gone because I think he's a decent player, even if he's overvalued relative to his money. Yeah, I think what happens with Foye Oluokun probably impacts this move. It's a lot easier to move on from Deion Jones if you can re-sign Foye Oluokun or potentially replace him with a, a comparable player in, in free agency or whatever the case may be. And therefore you can shop Deion Jones at that point in time. But if, if you can't, if you lose a Luakun, um and don't find an immediate replacement in free agency, then, you know, it, it obviously makes Deion Jones probably a little bit more valuable to you. I, I, I would agree. And, and, you know, we should state too that state also that, I mean, there was, I believe there was conversation about Deion Jones a year ago when the new regime t- came in um, because of his contract situation. A lot of those conversations spun off, well, what if we don't restructure Matt Ryan, right? I mean, if they didn't restructure Matt Ryan a year ago um, and they had basically just sort of gone scorched earth on the roster, which some wise guy columnist thought might not be a bad idea, <laughs> Um I, I think a casual a cap casualty of all that might have been that they just let Deion Jones go last year or trade him, whatever they, they did. Um, and they didn't want to do that. And and that's fine. I think they, you know, you kind of want to, you don't want to do quote unquote crazy things in your first year. You want to evaluate players. You want to see what you have. And now they see what they have. And I, I think they probably see a decent player who's making too much money. And I, and I would agree with that. That's a good point. I think what happens with the Luacon will, will potentially could really have a ripple effect on what they do with Deion Jones. Uh, you talked about restructuring Matt Ryan. Uh, let's let's talk about restructuring <laughs> Matt Ryan again. Yeah, uh, we've never we, talked about this, have we? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it seems from my perspective uh, that that's probably going to be, you know, I, I think I said this to you on the last time you were on the podcast where, you know, what when we talked about Matt Ryan's future, uh, it seems like they're headed towards a, another restructure. I think at that time I said it was the 87th restructure. So I guess this will be the 88th restructure of Matt Ryan's contract. Um, I know you've talked a lot about the potential that is out there that they could potentially trade him after June 1st uh, in in a way to sort of mitigate some of the dead money that they would take on by moving on from Matt Ryan. It seems like various reports at the end of the season seem to suggest that the Falcons were not prepared to move on from Matt Ryan. I guess, uh, Jeff, you know, give your thoughts on the Matt Ryan situation as it currently stands right now uh, and sort of what is at stake uh, for his future here in Atlanta. Well, I think they don't want to take a step back. Um, This is what I think they think. Okay. I think they think they don't want to take a step back on the field. Um, And so now it really comes down to if you trade slash restructure Matt Ryan, who are we bringing in that we don't take a step back? And I don't see another plan in the works right now. 
and they didn't bring in, they didn't set up a succession plan last year by drafting anybody. Um, their succession plan is not on their depth chart right now. So what that really means is you would either have to draft a quarterback this year that they potentially, that wouldn't see significant playing time, or you would sign a quarterback in free agency uh, who would see significant playing time. Um, I think either of those two things could happen in terms of bringing a quarterback in. I just don't know if they're ready to give that guy significant playing time again, because I don't know if they want to take a step back in terms of wins. So to me, a lot of this was set up last year. I don't think it's off the table right now. I really don't. I think it depends on theoretically what offers would be out there for Matt Ryan. Um, cause this is a quarterback desperate league and he can play and you never know what a team might do. However, as we sit here today, yeah, I, I tend to agree with everybody else saying he's, he's not going anywhere. They are going to restructure him and then they'll reevaluate next year again. Right. Because you're basically talking about the same thing again. I can't give you terms of getting out of the contract next year because we have to wait to see what the restructure is, but again, this is just a matter of kicking the can down the road. And, you know, the only up the, one upside to doing it after next year is the Julio Jones dead money is off the books. Right. And um, if you, let's say traded Dion Jones post June, you're, you're taking dead money this year. He's off the books. Mostly I think next year, I don't know if any, any, any more money is going to carry over. So theoretically you have no dead money on the books after 2022 and you could then park that dead money next year with Matt Ryan if you moved on from next year. Um, so I guess that's one rationalization for it. Um, I do think it will depend on, again, teams are going to call. And teams, I'm sure, have been calling Terry, Terry Fontenot to see what they think. What, what would you take for him? Um, but I just don't know if they're going to be so blown away with an offer that, um, that they're going to be willing to do that because – they don't have a succession plan right now. They just don't. And, um, you know, this kind of rolls it back to last year's draft and everything. But we don't need to go there right now. <laughs> well, um, I, I have, I guess, a question, but I also have a comment to what you said. I guess in terms of, you know, the phone calls they're going to get, similar to kind of the Deion Jones situation that's kind of re related and adjacent to the Foye Aluakun situation, you know, this offseason is going to be an interesting one for veteran quarterbacks because people have been, you know, rumoring for a while now that players like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, mm -hmm. um, you know, may be on the move and among other quarterbacks in the league. And I imagine the Falcons phone might start ringing off the hook a little bit more uh, if some of those guys don't get moved and, and teams, as you say, are desperate for quarterbacks and this draft class isn't necessarily being considered uh, to be one of a powerhouse, particularly in comparison to last year's. So you may not be able to solve that problem in the draft or whatever the case may be. So that puts pressures on teams um, to make those phone calls in March. So I, I, I guess my my comment is, um, do you feel like that's going to play a part in whether or not Matt Ryan's uh, still in Atlanta, those outside factors, or is it all internal stuff? No, I, I no, I, I, I believe outside factors again could play could play a role um, if the offer is there. 
And and if a significant offer is there, now the problem is I don't know how how they define significant offer. Okay, you're not going to get two first round draft picks for them, um, but would they do it for a first round draft pick? Maybe. Um, I think it's worth noting um, where we are in the NFL, where some people might think we are in the NFL right now. Um, last year, Tom Brady, a veteran late in his career, um, goes to Tampa Bay. And two years later, they won a Super Bowl. This year, Matthew Stafford, a veteran late in his career, goes to the Rams, and they're in the Super Bowl. I think there are enough teams in the NFL that might view themselves as being potentially a quarterback away from contending for a Super Bowl. And and in that sense, yes, I think Matt Ryan becomes a potential valuable commodity. Um, you're not, most won't put them on the level of Tom Brady, but I think before this season, a lot of people would have put them on the level of Matthew Stafford, if not in arm strength, certainly in, in other areas of his game. Um, and so uh, I, I, I think that is of a potential. And I think, and I think the ripple effect will come once people see what the Packers do with Aaron Rodgers um, what the Seahawks do with Russell Wilson. Um, I, I don't think the Falcons want to trade Matt Ryan within their division to, to the Bucks or the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are any other teams out there who will that, – that would be pretty funny, though, wouldn't it? Uh, the Rams, <laughs> the Falcons going against Matt Ryan twice a year. But I, I do think there are other teams out there who maybe were seeking one of those two other guys, um, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson – and and now, Mike, well, what about Matt Ryan? No, let me call the Falcons. I think those calls will happen or are happening. Um, I did, What I just don't know is what are they willing to part with? And But I think if they're willing to part with something really good, I mean, I, I have no question, no question in my mind that the Falcons would do it. I just don't know how they define really good, if that, if that makes sense. Gotcha. I guess my last question for you is, do you see this team trying to figure out their succession plan with this upcoming draft? Well, I was fooled last year, Aaron. Okay. <laughs> and and I'm not saying that, you know, absolutely 100% they should have drafted Justin Fields at four or, or absolutely 100, they should have traded up to get one of the other guys. Um, or absolutely 100%, if they weren't sold on Justin Fields, they should have traded down and drafted Mac Jones. Uh, I do believe they should have done one of those things. <laughs> okay. I just do. Uh, I just, I believe, you know, they were high up in the draft and, and it was a quarterback rich draft. And I believe that was a great, oppor- that was a great rare opportunity. Um, as you alluded to, this class is not as good. There are quarterbacks that I like though. I think there are, I mean, I, I really like Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. I, I like some of these guys. Um, do I think they're going to take a quarterback with their first pick? I'm inclined to say no. Do I think they're going to take a quarterback with their with one of their two second round picks as we sit here today? They have two second round picks. Uh, I would go 50-50 on that. I would be surprised if they came out of this draft and they did not take a quarterback with their second or third round pick. How about that? I'll go on the record with that. I, I think they will draft a quarterback this year. Um, I can't imagine, again, us having this conversation going into 2023 
of not just what are they going to do with Matt Ryan, but they still haven't drafted a quarterback. Mm. I, I can't imagine we're going to go another year with that. Unless, and here's the caveat, unless they make a trade where you're basically getting a relatively young, um, let's say gently used quarterback from another franchise. That would be the caveat. Um, Arthur Smith did it with Ryan Tannenbaum in Tennessee. They didn't draft a quarterback, okay? They got a guy who was uh, gently used, let's say, okay? And uh, uh, like a couch on eBay that didn't have very many, you know, spots or anything on it. And we can we can, we can, can do this. We can do this. We can throw a cover on him. He'll be okay, you know? Um, I do think, but I do believe, here's the easiest way to put it. I do believe they will come out of this offseason with a succession plan. How about that? Okay. All right. Gently used. I, I like Gently it. Used. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your insights. And we'll just sort of have to see how all this plays out. Uh, it's still very early in this offseason process. So, you know, six weeks between now and free agency. And then I think there's another five weeks after that uh, until the draft. So a, a lot uh, has yet to be determined. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you and Josh and, and others over at the athletic have a, a lot of words that you might want to say about it. Uh, so you go ahead and plug the athletic and, and some of the stuff that you're working on. Well, yeah, I mean, Josh Kendall, first you referenced him. He's over at the senior bowl right now, as we speak, I know he's got a bunch of stories planned. Um, he and I recently did a back and forth on Matt Ryan, whether to trade him or not, uh, that seemed to be pretty popular with readers. So we're going to be doing some more of those coming up. Uh, you referenced the Braves. I, I'm probably going to do something with Brian Snicker here this week, who uh, before he goes to Florida, whenever he goes to Florida. And um, I have some other things in the works. So, um, yeah, as we get to draft and free agency, I'll definitely be uh, I definitely be uh, going deeper on some of these topics that we talked about today. Okay. So guys, check out The Athletic. Of course, always a great bargain for you. Not only do you get great uh, coverage of the Atlanta teams, but you get coverage of all the teams in all the leagues, basically. Uh, tennis, you know, boxing, football, all that various stuff. So uh, check out The Athletic. Uh, and that will do it for us here on today's Locked on Falcons. Tomorrow we'll be talking a little bit more about Grady Jarrett as we do our positional year in reviews of the interior defensive linemen. And I'll uh, we explore a little bit more of some of the things that Jeff and I talked about, about his future on that episode. Uh, but in the meantime, of course, you guys can provide your feedback to anything Jeff and I discussed on today's episode, anything I've discussed on past episodes or anything you want me to discuss on future episodes by hitting me up on Twitter or Facebook at Lockdown Falcons. You can send an email to LockdownFalcons at mail.com. Of course, you can leave a comment here on the Lockdown Falcons YouTube channel. Uh, and I always have recommendations for what your second listen should be after Lockdown Falcons is your first listen. And of course, in addition to checking out Lockdown Braves, Lockdown Bulldogs, Lockdown Hawks, uh, why not check out the Lockdown Bets podcast where handicapping expert Lee Sterling is giving you the lowdown on all his daily picks, blowout specials, and his lock of the day. So check out Lockdown Bets, available on all the same podcast platforms that you can find Lockdown Falcons. Appreciate it, guys. Till then.